Karungavin is Mark Spear, Laura Lee and Donald DJ Johnson Jr. An American musical trio known for blending global musical influence such as soul, dub and psychedelia. Employing vocals only sparsely throughout their convergence of global music, Krungabin sets their trajectory for global harmony and musical confluence. You're tuned in to Roots to Grooves. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Roots to Grooves. This is Jesse Woo. Quigley. Yeah, this Jay is Purcell. Jay Purcell. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Roots to Grooves, episode number one. Numero, Numero. Uno. <laughs> hey, great minds think almost alike. synchronized. That would have been... We didn't plan yeah. that. No. Uh, first episode. This is awesome. It's a rainy night here in Seattle. Yeah. We're talking about Krongbin today, as you heard in the intro. Mm-hmm. Awesome band. Yeah. I first came across them when I... Um, from Jack Newman. If you've yeah. heard of him. Shout out Jack Newman, guitarist here in Seattle, right? Yeah. Um, Both of us have played. I've played bass with him. He's a guitarist yeah. in Seattle. I played bass. Jay's played drums with him in a band called Soul Tans. Yeah. That's how we met. Awesome dude. He introduced Krongbin. He said, hey, you got some bass lines like Krongbin. You know, you should play some bass like her. <laughs> that's cool. And I was like, okay, maybe I should. Maybe I should check out this band. So that's funny. So you hadn't heard of them until... Jack mentioned them? Never. Not a he, not a word. He just played a track in the rehearsal studio or something like He that. mentioned it when we were playing at the So Far Seattle with Soul Tans. Uh, we were taking a walk to that pizza place. Yeah. And he, we were just talking about music and he was uh, he mentioned Krongbin. He's mentioned it most, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you should listen to this band. I was like, oh yeah, yeah I'll listen to it eventually. He well, said it multiple times. I give it a listen after all. After he, after and, that moment, yeah. he went home and listened to it. Yeah. And, um, it, and they're great. Krongbin yeah. is an awesome band. Super groovy, yeah. super smooth. Well, it's funny because the first time I heard about them was a long uh, before then. <laughs> really, uh, I didn't even know that. So it was weird. Like I think I, it was a YouTube discovery. Okay. Um, I don't know what I was doing on YouTube. I was finding some things, and I saw this band playing, and I think I just like kept the tab open for a while, like thinking I was going to go back Kinda and watch. something to go back to. Yeah, Interesting. It was like a live. A radio studio performance they were doing somewhere and um yeah it was weird i thought they were um like actual actually from thailand or vietnam or something because of that's funny <laughs> i thought the same thing when yeah. i first saw a picture of them i looked them up on youtube and it was a super cool video of them doing a live set and yeah. they're wearing these wigs yeah uh, what i learned were did the you wigs. know it was a wig though? no oh, okay. I, I let me backtrack yeah. i didn't know there was a wig and i was like yeah. whoa look at these cool cats like yeah. They're playing in, in Vietnam right now. They're in, they're in <laughs> I don't know, Iran or something. Like These guys are some worldwide people. Yeah. Come to think they're from Houston, Texas. Yeah. Some, uh, some American yeah. awesome musicians right in the heart of Houston, Texas. Where I know. A lot of yeah. uh, you know, variation of music down there. I don't know. I don't know much yeah. about it, but... Well, let's get into that. But first of all, I feel like the listeners don't know who Jesse Quigley really is. Who is Jesse Quigley? <laughs> hey, that's me. Um, yeah. What's up? I was born in San Diego. I've oh. been listening to music from... Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad was into a lot of, uh, you know, kind of you know, white guy rock music. The mm. Cure, um, okay. Ben Folds. Okay. Um, is that how you go into music? Yeah, like it's all that. my dad. It's yeah. all my dad. He's, he's a musician. He's a piano player. He plays oh, cool. in, in church. He yeah. plays, you know, pipe organ, okay. using his feet and his fingers. Yeah. Um, he plays acoustic guitar. So mm. he, when I was a kid, he was playing uh, a lot of high school musicals. Okay. Like Oliver Twist. 
Ja. Man har um, twist. <laughs> you know, all of a twist. One uh, more. Uh, can I have some more, please? Can, can, yeah, exactly, that, exactly. Yeah. So, so, I, and I got to like hit a cymbal every once in a while at a at mm. a high school musical with him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, I mean, that's where I got all my musical influence. Okay. Yeah. Super good stuff. He was a big Beatles fan, for example. Yeah. Um, and that's where I learned all my stuff. Uh, yeah. My dad's a huge inspiration in my life. But uh, I moved up to Washington when I was 14, played in the high school jazz band, mm-hmm. um, the, the pep band, playing bass guitar. Yeah. Primarily. Okay. I actually started on drums. Okay. I don't know if you knew that even, but, but back in the day, I started on drums. I switched to bass because we need a bass player. Yeah. I was like, give me whatever you need, bro. Yeah. And uh, yeah, kind of started from there. Just kind of started playing with Shayhan. Yeah. Um, in high school. That's how we met. Um, and I guess if the listeners don't know who I am, <laughs> well, Jay. Jay Purcell. Who Jay Purcell, are you? Uh, who am I? I'm a drummer. That was the first thing I ever did from the age of three years old. That's what I see when I look at your face. I'm like, drummer? Drummer. Okay. Yeah. I've heard worse things, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> Which are many, <laughs> much more than a drummer. Uh, host, yeah, well now. Host and no, founder of, well, of Signal Radio. Uh, yeah. Which Quite, is awesome. Yeah. Founder of Signal Radio, drummer uh, with Shayhan and Mr. DC. Uh, graphic designer, video editor, I don't know. I, I Content like creator extraordinaire. I like to mess around with all types of things. And, and yeah, musically, similar thing to you. Like my, you know, my parents always have music mm-hmm. at home kind of thing. They always had their, their own private happy hours where they, you know, it's back in the day before CDs, so they have like vinyl, you know. So they'd be playing all their mixture of music. Uh, and then I have a little drum kit little mickey mouse drum kit Mm -hmm. in the living room and that's how i started getting into playing that's awesome yeah i remember when i was a kid uh, i would start i I think we held a concert where i was a drummer quote unquote no finger quotes um hitting a like a a a fan as a Mm -hmm. symbol you know just finding things around (laughs) my house to like make a drum set and like pots and pans like literally Kind of ghetto style like that. And we're just like, yeah. I'm trying to hit some stuff. I'm trying to make some music. And we, I think we wrote a song about going to the grocery store or something, uh, you know, back in the day. Super way back in the day. Way but back. it was fun. Yeah. And that started on our, our musical journey, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So Roots the Grooves, we, we have partnered up to create this show because there are a lot of great artists out in the world. Some that are your influences and some that are my influences. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, like Krungbin, that are kind of, you know, recent discoveries, right? We haven't really known about them for a long time. Right. More than a couple of years or so. Or since, you know, I mean, their first album came out in 2015, but I probably didn't hear about them until, I want to say, like 2017, 2018. Like, because I think a few of their tracks got get played a lot kind of thing. Some memorable, totally. memorable tracks right now. Totally, and they've been um, around for a couple of years now, um, yeah. and I just found out about them last year. So there you go, yeah. Um, they've been doing super cool stuff. Yeah. Um, out of Houston, Texas, should we talk about their history, where they came from? Yeah. So, w- what did you find out about their beginnings? I I, I found some interesting stuff. Okay, I'm excited to yeah. hear. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, who's in the band? Yeah. We got um, we go. drums. Yeah. Donald Ray, DJ Johnson. Yeah. On the drums. Uh, Mark Spear on mm-hmm. guitar, mm-hmm. and then Laura Lee on bass. Yep. Three-piece, yep. guitar, bass, drums. 
mostly no vocals, mostly all yeah. instrumental, at least for their first several albums. Yeah. Up until up until 2020, where this we can talk about it later, but they have a little bit more vocals on this last album. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, but why I fell in love with them was because they're just three people making super cool, groovy, smooth sounds with just three people, minimal yeah. vocals. Yeah. And they're making 10 out of 10 tracks very consistently. Yeah. Um, you know, it turns me on. I like it. Yeah. I just listen to them on rainy nights like this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, Mark, the guitarist and DJ, the drummer, they knew each other first. And they used to play in a gospel band in in Houston. St. John's is the name of the church. Yeah, St. John's. Yeah. Which apparently, I'm sure you saw, that's where uh, Beyonce went to church. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Although Mark said he's never seen Beyonce there, but he said he did see Kelly Rowland there and a couple of the other sisters. Okay. Because they're all from, uh, like, Destiny's Child. They're all sisters, right? I didn't even know that. That's great. Nice. (laughs) Another tip. Okay. Um, That's good stuff. Yeah, and so... Uh, yeah, what I heard is a DJ, his first instrument was the drums mm-hmm. and he started playing at three years old, just like me as well. Nice. Um, but he quit around the age of 18. And the reason he said that is because apparently, I don't know this, but apparently from everything that I'm, and we'll talk about more later, that Houston has this massive scene of musicians, um, a lot of it gospel and church related mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, and he said the reason he stopped playing drums is because there were too many drummers in Houston. He said you could literally throw a penny <laughs> and hit a really good drummer. And um, I'm and sure he, that's true. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know this. And he said that a lot of them are like, you know, really choppy and on it. And he's not really that type of drummer. And so he kind of felt partly, I think, a little bit his own personal kind of feelings about his own talents plus the fact that there's so many people doing it right so he actually transitioned over to playing keyboards and so when he met mark he was playing organ in the band at the church at the church and uh and then uh yeah mark came along he was playing guitar that's how they met and i think they used to just like kick it after rehearsals every tuesday over burgers and beers yeah, I think there's a, there's yeah. a bar called Drudgers or, or, th- or something. Drudgers or Ruds. It could have been a few. I, think I, don't I, know. I don't know if they had one place that they actually hung out all the time. but Yeah, I, I might be wrong. I think there was a yeah. bar called Drudgers or uh, something. Okay. That was like a, a, yeah. a, a spot where they, they met most yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so that was their meeting. And then Laura Lee um, apparently met Mark through a mutual friend. Friend of a friend, and yeah. she was at his apartment or something. And at his like, apartment, like during a lunch break or something. This guy's looking at some some Vietnamese music <laughs> show. Or, yeah, uh, I think she um, said it was a, a documentary about Afghan music. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and she was uh, studying, um, I think, art history mm-hmm. around those similar subjects, and the, and so they kind of bonded over that. Similar subjects, like what? Do you, what is, why is this random guy looking up this stuff? Like that's <laughs> exactly. what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. Funny coincidence. Yeah, and so at this point, I don't think she was a musician. She was a math teacher, mm-hmm. and she didn't play any instrument at all. Right. Yeah. When they yeah. started Krongen, yeah. she was barely a bass yeah. player at right. all, yeah, yeah, as yeah. far as I read and as far as I saw, which is super cool. Yeah. Because you know that means anybody can just kind of start this and and do something super cool. Yeah, yeah. So I I really love that. Yeah, yeah. So. uh yeah, and then 
So she um, said that she didn't hear from Mark for quite a while mm-hmm. after that. And then she randomly got a text message from him saying, the universe smiles upon you. Yeah. And then I guess they got together. And then Laura started crashing the, the burger and beer night every Tuesday. They invited her along. Yeah. They're like, hey, get in on this. You're like, you yeah. kind of wanted the crew. Yeah, with DJ. And uh, they just bonded over music talking about everything similar interests yeah and then so i guess around that time i don't know how laura started playing bass i don't know if it was because of mark but i know definitely he like showed her some records gave her his bass guitar he was somewhat of of an influence kind of encouraged her to start playing i think yeah right yeah um which is cool i think um she was mark was playing in another band called yippee yeah, I think Yippa. it's Yippa, I think. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he was on tour. He's playing with this band. He was, yeah. I mean, so so Mark Spear, he's been playing in a lot of bands, a lot yeah. of different types of music as a mm-hmm. guitarist. I think he started as a bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he mm-hmm. I think he said he wanted to be a drummer. Mm. It was a little bit too expensive when he was a kid. Found a bass. Mm. Um, kind of what I did when I was a kid. I started on drums eventually, like I was saying, and then I went to bass because there's some good good work there. And, you know, everybody needs a good bass player, you know? I know. Hard um, to find. <laughs> so I think he started learning bass. Yeah. He found even more work playing guitar, and he started picking that up even more and more, getting better, honing his skills on guitar yeah. um, as that process went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was learning bass. He was learning guitar. He was in Yippa playing a lot of different kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Um, he inspired Laura Lee to start picking up bass, and I think she came and she was like, hey, um, I think Laura... Uh, I'm sorry. Let me back up a little bit. Mark Spear invited her to play with... a. A band that Mark Spear was going on tour? I think that was Yippa. Yeah. That was Yippa? Mm-hmm. He was already in that. I think they needed a bass player. And she was a new bass player. He was like, you yeah. got the skills. Yeah. She was hesitant. She was like, I don't know if I'm a new bass player. I don't know yeah. if I can do this. He was like, you got it. Yeah. You got the skills. You got the lines. You can do this. Yeah. He encouraged her to do it. That's awesome. And she did it. Yeah. She went on tour with his band. Yeah. Learned the craft. Yeah. Fell in love with the craft. Yeah. I think after that, she said, yo, Mark, I want, let's do this full time. Let's create a band. Let's make a band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> no, we all want to make a band. I think everyone should make oh, yeah. a band. Everyone should do it. Maybe, maybe not everyone. I don't know. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, most. Well, you know, people aren't really doing that these days. Most people are in their bedroom studios on their computers making music. So. Which is just as cool in a different way. It is. So to start a band is actually kind of, I don't know, unless you're... Uh, playing certain types of music i think it's becoming rarer and rarer that's that's one thing that's very important to me is is why i want to work with other musicians i want to i want to be in a band Mm -hmm. because it's not just the music and it's not just what you create and what you do externally it's like who how are you spending time every day yeah who are you spending time with and what does that mean to you yeah that means a lot to me i like building Building things in general, creating things, I think you're the same way. Yeah. And, and creating relationships and friendships is a huge part of the human experience. Um, music is a huge conduit to that and allows you to create these relationships, create new things, new sounds, new wavelengths, yeah. new ideas. And that's awesome. There you go. That's yeah. why I love music. And I think that's a lot of the reason why this band loves music too. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely, um, they seem to be very music, like music heads. Yeah, they're music yeah. oriented. They're not. Yeah. They're not just like let's make a band so we can go on yeah. tour. Like Mark Spears, a a, a crate digger. He's looking yeah. for random music from all across the world. Yeah, 
Yeah, so one thing he said about that was that um, he was in a lot of bands in Houston and he wasn't really liking, he was kind of getting bored of it. And uh-huh. he, he wasn't liking the music that those other musicians were listening to. Right. Which is interesting. And, um, and he said, like, he, he started hanging out with this, uh, this veteran DJ in Houston called DJ Sun, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's from Suriname. Which I've, I don't know where that is right now. Sounds, Terrible. Sounds I think is it Africa? I'm not foreign. sure. I'll go with that. Viewers at home, we're really sorry. We Break. don't know where Sierra Nam is right now. <laughs> we do our best. Break out your own maps. Um, yeah, and this guy apparently was a massive crate digger. Like Mark said, he used to go over to his house and it was like floor to ceiling with records. Awesome. And it was all just kind of, um, I guess, like funky and world music and, and stuff like that. And, I think so. So Mark just started hanging out with him and listening to a lot of those tracks, and then the sort of crate digging thing. I think DJ Sun said to him, um, "You know, if, well, if you like a track or like a band kind of thing, then find out who were the musicians that played on it and what label was it on." Yeah, I, yeah. I think I remember reading something about that. Yeah. That's super awesome. That's a great yeah. way to extend Discover. your network of yeah. All these people who are surrounding these artists are are the ones helping these artists. Yeah. come to fruition and stuff yeah nobody making these awesome albums that you love out there are doing it all by themselves some of them are for sure and credit to them but yeah. most of this stuff and most of what i love is is the the community that these things generate yeah most people make music with other people i love the collaboration yeah the ideas bouncing off ideas of other people learning new things seeing what you can do with other people that you never thought you could do by yourself it's super interesting, and mm. these guys are all about that. Mm-hmm. They're seeing where they can take these influences, how they can blend them into their own music and create their yeah, own yeah. sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a huge part of where Krongbin gets their sound from, I believe. Yeah, I think they're heavily based on their influences. Type they do, I, and I think yeah. they do a good job of showing where their influences yeah. are and paying homage to they them do, yeah. mm. without being like, hey, we invented this, this is our own thing. They're like paying homage while doing it in a new way. Yeah. Kind of presenting it in a slightly different way, yeah. In their own Krongbin way, because they're not really they're not stealing a genre and trying to copy it, they're, right? They're like, you know, influenced by all kinds of things, and, and then in sort of infusing it into their music. Because I I, had, I saw one interview where I think the guy asked asked them like, is it in, is your sound intentional? Like, did you like do this do, on purpose do you mean to, to do make that? it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I, and actually, what they said, it was like no, it was like it was really about their chemistry and of how they came right. together, kind of thing, um, because they knew they wanted those like rock solid beats, mm-hmm. and that's why they asked DJ to be in the band because of his playing style and technique, kind of thing. Right, um, solid break yeah. beats, yeah. good tempo. So it's like their influences, and then you know. Th- the combination of those three people mm-hmm. created that sound, which is yeah. really interesting because it doesn't can... sound. There's nothing that sounds fake about it or anything like that. It yeah, sounds... it sounds very earnest. Yeah. They're just they're making sick beats using their influence that they know in their heads, yeah. but it doesn't sound like that automatically off the bat. No, it sounds like yeah. what am I listening to? This is super cool. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about their sound. I mean, it's it's based. Yeah. Um, Mark Spears painted an awesome, beautiful melodic guitar mm-hmm. um I, I he's described it as angular it's kind of you know it's yeah. got some kind of tie influence some 
um, I no Iranian or, or Middle Eastern influences. Yeah. Doing kind of like, yeah. you know, kind of some weird kind of sounds that you don't hear in Western music as much. Yeah. Which is super cool. So he's doing these basic, these simple yet complex melodies over a sick bass line. Yeah. Mostly simple. I don't want to use the word simple because it's an awesome bass line, but it's a, yeah. maybe you can think of a better uh, adjective. Um, well, definitely. And this is, leads me into a track I want to play, actually. Um, uh, yeah, great. So her, her uh, Laura Lee's bass lines are very dubby. Like, yeah. They're very, like, rooted in, like, roots reggae. Dog. Yeah, she said like huge influence, like scientist. Yeah, and that's one of the well, tracks I want to play actually. Oh, fantastic! Um, do I have it here? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, all right, yes, I'm gonna do. play. This. So I'm excited. <laughs> so basically, I'm gonna play this track. It's from the Roots Radix, and it's this crazy album. Let me just bring it up so I can get the title correct for it. <laughs> the album is called Juno Present. No, Juno wins the World Cup. I think yeah, Juno wins uh, the World that Cup. That sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, and so um, uh, apparently like Mark gave this album to Laura and she cites it, She says it's like her ABC for playing there you go. bass. So basically she like studied this album track by track playing all the bass lines and that's kind of where she figured out how to play in a way. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure she probably did some what? other things, but like... Uh, for sure. But like as a as a basis, and I think you can hear it in like in in the tracks from this album. And she like, stays yeah. true to that throughout yeah. all the albums up until twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. So let me play this track then. Uh, so the folks at home, like you could kind of hear some crumbin bassline things going on in this. This. I think so. I just grabbed this first track because every like like she said, every track is like Dangerous Match One, Dangerous Match Two. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Dangerous Match One by the Roots Radix. Awesome. So yeah. Roots Radix. Dangerous match one from the album Juno wins the World Cup. That's a good jam. That whole album, I listened to the album. And you good. did? Yeah. yeah. I was only able to sort of really skim through things, but I'm definitely going to go back to it. Um, it's worth it. It's fun. One thing about this show, I've just already realized, even in episode one, that like it's good that we've uh, picked an artist like Crombin that is so gracious with telling things about their influences because I don't think we would come across a lot of this stuff. We'll be able to talk about it if we didn't know that. Like, it's um, one of the most beautiful things. Like, yeah. researching these things. How how did these people do this? Where yeah. did they come from? Yeah, yeah. I've learned there's like five or six albums that I've never would have come across if I hadn't done yeah. this research. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about expanding your network. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, growing your influence yeah. base. And I love yeah. that. That's what they're all about. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people can take influence from that. That's Absolutely, cool. Yeah. That's a cool. Nice, no, good, yeah. They have a cool philosophy of music. Yeah. Like incorporating, you know, speaking of which, I mean, the name Krongbin. Yeah. As you mm-hmm. know, it, a Krongbin, Krongbin is a, a, a Thai word for airplane. That's right. Yeah. As far as I know, yeah. which is cool. And I think they've, they've mentioned in interviews how that, um, how they kind of take that philosophy into their, into their being and their music. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an airplane, you know, they're taking, you know, worldwide influences, bringing them all together yeah. 
Um, you know, an airplane is a great way to kind of say that. Yeah. Traveling yeah. across the world. Moving yeah, un, uninhibited, mm-hmm. free, yeah. you know, flight. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing all this together worldly. Yeah. It's awesome. And, yeah. and that's what they're about. They're about worldwide integration. Yeah. Which is really interesting because they come from Houston and I... I mean, it's my bad because I don't know. I've never been there, so I wouldn't have expected. And they've said it's actually very multicultural. They have three cities in Texas, and they're all kind of very multicultural. They have like a lot of West African influence, I think they said, and Southeast Asia. Yeah, totally. Like um, in, I guess, in what, Dallas, Houston, and Austin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, which is yeah. awesome. I think... Yeah. Uh, I mean, for example, you know, their name is Krongbin, so they, they're yeah. into these other languages, other, uh, you know, parts of the world, other yeah. ways of life, and mm-hmm. how to incorporate these all into different music. Mm-hmm. I think um, Mark Spears said he's, um, one of his influences, Ernie Isley. I don't know if you saw that. No. I don't, I've never Ernie, heard the name. Ernie Isley. Um, he, is he from the Isley Brothers? Um, that's what I thought. I didn't, I didn't further the research, so that is, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> something we could do at home. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, uh, and the Isley is in the Isley Brothers. Okay, awesome. So, as a guitarist, I'm assuming. Um, let me see. So, Ernie Isley is a multi instrumentist, songwriter, drummer, bassist, guitarist, percussionist, vocalist. Boom! I mean, full full spectrum there. Yeah. So, great place to draw influence from. Yeah. I think you know. So, Mark Spear, he's playing these you know kind of Vietnamese, these Middle East, Middle Eastern mm. um, influenced melodies yeah. um he said it's uh i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right uh von co which is vietnamese opera mm, really which another um influence of his vietnamese opera yeah which sounds inf- interesting yeah. to say that the least interesting did he mention an artist or uh no i'm not sure if, if von co a... is the type of music or uh, okay. the right. or the artist's name okay. so that's up uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll do better on research next time. But uh, you know, I was like, can we listen to some of that? No, uh, maybe next time. Maybe okay, on a, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the comments or something for there sure. We go. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll do better than, than next time. <laughs> um, specifically though, like for example, so he started playing guitar. He started getting good at guitar. Yeah. Playing a lot of gigs. Got the gig in Houston. Yeah. Um, where he met DJ. Yeah. Um, as far as what he plays specifically, mm-hmm. uh, I think he plays a 2001. Stratocaster. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, um, how deep you went into what they're playing exactly. Because I don't. I'm not a gear yeah. guy. I don't care too much about what people are playing. Well, the interesting thing he said about the gear was that he, when he said he formed or was going to do Krungbin, he didn't want to have a whole pedal board. Yeah. And he didn't want to have loopers, and he didn't want to have all these effects. So keep it kind of minimal. He wanted to keep it simple as possible um, and uh, kind of work within that box. And I, he's not the only person I've heard say that, actually. like, um, that, That's something that I've taken into, into yeah. my life. Like, put yourself in a box. Yeah. Limit yourself in some way. Yeah. And that provides you freedom in a uh, lot of ways. Yeah, because in a way, you have to kind of get inventive and you have to try and figure out all, what are all the different things you can do. Within the dimensions that you're variations yeah, you're giving yourself. Saying, yeah. So like Jack White, uh, yeah, Jack White from the White Stripes, right? He's another person I've heard say that. Um, okay. And I know I've yeah. seen YouTube videos and he's like, 
who's someone else we should talk about in a future episode. I would love to. That's a fantastic artist. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, he says, yeah, I, I've seen him make like guitars out of like some twine or something like, he's just like, Oh, how can I put this together and put some electricity through it? And how can I make some sounds? And it's like, (laughs) however I can make some cool sounds, like whatever, you know, let's, let's experiment with this and see what we get. Yeah. A lot of great artists are doing stuff like that. So that's cool. And I found that for myself as well. I don't know if you found it this way, but, uh, like I bought this one acoustic guitar and for the longest time I would just come up with little riffs on it. Yeah. Just, just like really short things, record it on my phone or my recorder or whatever kind of thing. Right. And it's kind of like just coming up cause I, I don't know for the, for any musicians out there and you probably feel this way as well as like each time you touch an instrument is different. Even with guitars alone, like if you play an acoustic guitar versus an electric guitar, going to come up with different things it influences yeah what you're able to yeah bring out from your brain yeah and that's super exactly. weird and super yeah. cool so if you had like unlimited possibilities then then you're just going to be like a kid in the candy store and just be like add and like i'm some of that i'm some of that i'm some of that you but, can ha- you and know. you can have it all <laughs> what what kind of album is that if you're going to have yeah exactly. you know some von co Vietnamese opera yeah. and some Jimi hendrix guitar but you have some... to do that type of music on this one guitar Right, <laughs> do it all now. Which is what he does, I think. Which is what Mark does. He because he he mentioned, I think, in that uh, one of those interviews where he's talking about uh, his playing technique and style, and I th- he referenced um, an instrument that I can't remember the name of right now, but he said it was like the way you played it is you have to have all of your hands down on all of the strings. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Kind of behind the strings. Yeah, something like that. So you're kind of muting them all, and then to create the notes, you have to lift fingers off off of it as opposed to a guitar where you yeah press your finger down to yeah. make that note so the in, so the really interesting here is about like he said that instrument creates a certain sound because of that mm-hmm. and then in this one video he like imit- he kind of imitated how to do that on a normal electric guitar and he was getting really close to that similar sound it, obviously it's not the same as that instrument he was referencing right but that's what's really interesting about his playing, I think, because he's, he's, you know, he's not getting that instrument and playing it on the record. He's seeing if he can replicate that sound on what he has. That, and yeah. that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. So, he's, like, I mean, that's just going beyond, like, the, I think, like, being in a box. Because I, my being in the box would be like, I don't know. What can what, I do with this guitar? Yeah, like, how what, can I? Be how many weird different types this? of riffs can I come up with? Right, like and that? he's like, "How can I make? How can I use another instrument on this instrument?" Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I mean, these guys are thinking outside the box, but yeah. at the same time, they're boxing themselves in yeah. to be creative. Yeah, to be creative. It, yeah. You know, in, in order to yeah. be creative, and that's what I see, and I I respect him for that. That's super yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mark Spirit, he's playing this Stratocaster. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking at some of the pedals in a couple of these videos. Mm-hmm. Um, to and, like, what kind of sound is he getting? Like, what is this guy doing? And again, I don't really care about gear that much. I'm not like okay. a gear guy. Like, okay. whatever. It's all mm-hmm. weird. It's all cool. It's all good. It's all fun. <laughs> but you know, some people do care about like, how do you get that sound? Okay. And this guy is he's he's using like a Stratocaster. Some people said he sounds like. Um, Who's that one super awesome guitar? Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. guitarist. Yeah. Um, but he's getting some odd kind From of. From Seattle. Oh, oh, is he? Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll check him out. There's a statue of him on Broadway. I think I've, I think I've seen that. That's yeah. um, super cool. So what, what I saw, he's, 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 he runs everything through a wah pedal. First of all, 
That's the first thing from his guitar through a wah pedal. Mm. And what I found most interesting, he, 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 he leaves the wah pedal on all the time. Okay. Usually you click that on, yeah. you stomp it when you want the wah. Yeah, yeah. He leaves it on all the time to get the tone that he plays with. Okay. Which yeah. is super cool. And he just kind of keeps it right there to get that kind of yeah. higher end, trebly, yeah, yeah. weird, odd kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> da, 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 da. I guess he said there's a kind of a, his stride is kind of buzzy. So he, he modified some DiMarzio Cruiser pickups. Okay. He put those ones right in the middle, not the not the neck pickups, but the middle pickups. Okay. And not the early pickups or the the ones so even further did, down. He did that to what create a certain sound or. Uh, I I, yeah. I what, what I gather was his Stratocaster was a little buzzy. Yeah. And that was one of the ways he can minimize the buzz, so he can uh, continue with his smooth playing. Got it. And again, I'm not a gear guy, so I'm not even saying <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm wondering what this guy's doing exactly as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm just saying he got some Demarzio Cruiser okay. pickups yeah. for his buzzy strat. Yeah. Um, I think he's running Diderio Chrome 12 flat round flat wound strings. Okay. Which is cool. What does that do? Do you know? I am not a flat wound per. I'm I'm more and more trying to figure out why people like flat wounds. Again, back to Jack Newman, awesome guitarist in Seattle. Yeah. He was always recommending flat wounds for me. I play bass, and On he's like, bass. "You should get some flat wounds." And I'm like, maybe. So what but do you why? what do you use currently in your bass guitar? Uh, just like normal steel strings. I don't even okay. know. Okay. I like I said, I'm not. I don't mean to sound all defensive here too. I'm just not a gear person, <laughs> so I'm like, "Hey, guitar center guy, I need some bass strings. Thanks." And that, that's yeah. as far as it goes, pretty much. Yeah. Um, cause I'm 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 like minimalist. Like, yeah. I I I think there's two. Which I saw a video of Laura Lee talking about. Yeah. How she's a beginner bassist. So I relate yeah. a lot with her. She mentions that a lot, actually, like about how. Um, so that like uh, maybe you might be jumping ahead here a little bit about about how they create music. Kind no, of let's jump. Let's do okay. it. Because <laughs> um, one of the things, uh, so basically the the way they write the music is all separately. And I'll just say this first, and I'll kind of talk about how they make. Yeah, totally. The, what do you write, got? How yeah. they write the tracks? But she was saying because she's kind of a little bit self conscious about playing that she doesn't like to like freestyle in front of people mm-hmm. she likes to just kind of be in a room and, and write her parts kind of thing yeah i totally relate with that i feel exactly the same way really yeah i'm not yeah. a i'm not a freestyle i can't like hey <laughs> like okay like i can learn that part if i, if I sat down with it but yeah, yeah i find the parts that i'm turned on by are parts that i compose and like i specifically want it to be like this mm. for yeah, this yeah. reason yeah for this part of music yeah and there it is. Yeah. Other people do it differently, which is why it's a beautiful thing. Well, that's the thing. There are so many different ways of doing it. And that's why it's interesting about how Krungbin write their tunes. Because uh, so what happens is DJ, the drummer, will send Laura uh, just a whole load of beats. Mm-hmm. Just a whole load of ideas. That, just, a, just a library of just a library tracks like a, of just beats. Yeah. And I don't know how he creates that. I don't know whether it's stuff he plays live and records at home or sample pads or breaks. I'm sure it's live. I'm just guessing, but I'm sure it's Probably live. Probably live, yeah. So he just sends all of that to Laura and then she puts that in Ableton on loop. Like she'll pick like a beat, put it on loop, and then she'll just sit there with it and uh, try and just play as many different ideas 
on the and bass. Just write to it, just freestyle, just, just freeform, freestyle writing, make up whatever she wants. Yeah, come by just the whole load of things. Cool. And uh, she actually said as well, she's not that advanced when it comes to computers and recording and all that. Yeah. She said she knows how to get all that set up and record it and. You know, and that's about it. She's Again, like, yeah. you've heard me talk about how I <laughs> hate computers, basically. No, but it's cool, yeah. So, so this like leads into how they do all of it. Because so then, once she's done with that process, she'll send it to Mark, and then Mark will listen to this, and he'll basically cut and splice like all the parts that so he really at likes. At this point, Mark gets a, a track of something that DJ yeah. recorded, some a cool break beat, drum beat. He gets that Laura has recorded a bass line over. Yeah. So he he receives an email or something that and yeah. There's a beat. Yeah, yeah, whatever and then it a is. Baseline. Yeah, and then just like all these different bass ideas. And so he's like, "Let me make a melody out of this." Yeah, so he'll listen through. This. He'll like splice out the bits he likes, and then he'll play some ideas over the top of it. And then they kind of send it back and forth between each other mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and that's how they write. They sort of stitch it all together, like in Ableton and all this, all these different ideas, until they have something that is like. The, the, the composition the bones of the song yeah here's the drums yeah. here's the bass line yeah here's, here's the guitar part yeah so what's really interesting about the way they record is uh there's like the, the famous bomb i don't know if anyone's ever like uh researched Krangbin or anything like that but there is a, a barn in burton texas which is a, a bomb on uh, mark spears family oh, home barn a barn, yeah. What did you think? Of oh, I, I was like, ooh, ooh, I, I didn't research this. What's the, the barn? Ac- What's the, the accent? Bar- barn. So there's the there's barn. a barn in Houston, Texas. Yeah, and there's like cows everywhere, and and they said you know there's no temperature control, so when it gets really cold, it gets really cold. And, and, and this really is where they cold. record all of their albums. Yeah, right. And so the way they do it is they come in with all these ideas that they've done, and they just record live. They just like, they don't multi-track anything. They just, all three of them get together. Everything's all mic'd up, plugged in nicely, sounding good. They have a sound engineer that brings his mobile recording unit to the the, the, the barn. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which is like, they don't yeah. have Wi-Fi there as far as I know. No, they don't have, out, yeah. It's outskirts it's out. of Houston or whatever on a farm. Yeah. No yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah, so it's a small town, Burton, Texas. I think they have like population, 300 people, just farmland everywhere. Cows even, they said even like cows have come into the studio as they've been recording. Yeah, I think they're, they're, there's bees flying around. I, I think yeah. one of the components of what they're doing is they're doing instrumental music mostly, at least for their first yeah. several albums. And they're extremely, they want to incorporate the the, the ambient sounds around them. Yeah. Like the, the bees buzzing, the, the yeah. tree. I think Mark on a video is like, there's literally a tree scraping against the barn. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, just keep that. That's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what we want. You know? yeah, we, exactly. we want the little weird things. We yeah. want to feel the energy. Yeah. I know I think it's a, a track, White Gloves, um, yeah. where, where they literally have oh. rain playing. I don't know if that was actually recorded live, but yeah. they incorporate these live sounds. Yeah. And a lot of them are just naturally in the track because they recorded in the barn yeah. live, which is super cool. Let's play that track so I can go yeah. for the to the facilities as well totally that sounds so fantastic I, so i'm gonna miss the sound oh you're gonna it. miss it all I'll, I'll be here i'll be here describe it to me hit it white gloves krungbin that was dope you hear that rain 
Yeah. And it's really raining outside. I'm going to look out the window. It's still raining. <laughs> it's raining in Seattle as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, that, that wasn't even on the track. That was actually raining. Oh, we've got surround sound <laughs> happening in the studio here. No, but isn't that a good track? Uh, so good. Uh, that, what album what? was that on? Was that on? Uh, there's third to last. Oh, The Universe Smiles Upon You, mm -hmm. which is what? That was the first album, and that's what Mark texted to Laura. After not hearing yeah, from. that that was that that just, text message that just clicked with me just now. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's a perfect roundabout uh, segue. That's one of the way that they came together. Well, that's crazy. The story. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if it's her album after that it was. Um, uh, her Laura Lee's grandpa mm -hmm. would say like, oh, "Like, como te quieres? Like, how much do uh, you love me?" That's how that title came about. Yeah, and, okay. and she, back in the day, she would answer, "You know, Con, I love you with all the world." Con todo el mundo. Yeah, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. Con, con todo el mundo. Okay, I think yeah. I think it's the Spanish, and you know mm -hmm. I have some Mexican Nicaraguan blood running through my veins, so okay. I feel like yeah, San I'm Diego. To, you know, you know. Hey, born and raised in <laughs> Chula Vista, California, baby. Yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, there's a great track on that album. Evan finds the third room. Have you heard that track? Um, I believe I have. And, oh, and Maria, Maria Tambien. Yeah, a good track. So I mean, the, the, yeah. that's that's one of my favorite albums. Yeah, um, the the album with white gloves on it, and then the, the 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 album right after that as well. Well, so they did a dub version of Con Todo uh, <laughs> Con Todo del Mundo. Thank you. Uh, called Hasta el Cielo. Yes, that, that was better than I could have ever done. Okay, <laughs> getting that. Which was great. So it was basically the same album. Dub. They, they did a dub version, yeah, because uh, apparently, like Mark was apparently he was just making dub versions of that album anyway, just like for his own shits and giggles, I guess. And, oh, I don't know that. Yeah, and he said he wanted to release just like a cassette tape of like super underground dub versions cool. of the first album, and then he brought it to the label, and the label were like, "No, we should just do this as a thing." And so, okay, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and apparently they didn't re-record anything um, for the dub version. They just basically took the pre-existing recordings and re like reprocessed them and mixed them. Or was there was there somebody in, else involved in that, or was yeah. it the, the band themselves? Um, I want to say I thought I thought there was another like a producer who yeah. kind of dubbed the album he's like a like an OG dub guy I don't know his name right now it's terrible we should really know that I'm Rooster Grooves because that's that's what we do but you know hey it's a job podcast number one we'll get that to you next time we'll put that in the comments for you um I, I don't know his name but apparently he was an OG guy and they were really um you know inspired by a lot of his work and um, they met up for, in an Indian restaurant in LA, they said, and uh, for lunch and talked about this. And I think he was the guy that sort of spearheaded um, the rest of the remix of uh, the dub version of, cool. of that album. Which is good. I listened yeah. to that um, a lot over the last year, I guess. Okay. I listened to the last... What's your favorite track? Because I haven't heard anything off of that album and I kind of want to hear a little bit right now. Like. Off um, of that last dub album? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I like the first track. Um, off okay. the top of my head, I can't think of what it's called. With All the World? I, so, so for me, these guys are the kind of um, thing I would put on for myself. Put on the first track, listen to the whole album together. <laughs> it, it's yeah. kind of my style. That's a good way to go. And, and, and for, for that reason, I, I, I don't always know every track 
by name because yeah. yeah. I kind of I kind of just kind of put it on, go into my own headspace. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the perfect band to do that. Like you want to just chill. You want to think about something else. They're yeah. not demanding your full attention. Like, yeah, do listen to this with your full attention. Yeah, but they're not demanding it. Well, that, with with every every change and every yeah. piece of music, like it's it's very much smooth. It's groovy. It takes you to another place where you can just mm-hmm. let your mind just kind of go. Yeah, and and for that, that's why I like that's why I love Krongbin. It's great. Yeah. And that's like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of an unrelated subject, but related to that. But, Just kind of like albums in general, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I still like listening to albums, like beginning to end. Amen. You know? Me too. Same. It, you know, even I though I there's I hear some, that a lot. Yeah. I don't do that a lot anymore. Right. It was terrible. But, I, you know, there were, I used to a lot. And the ones that I used to are the ones that I still go back to if I'm going to listen to an album. Right. Beginning to end kind of thing. But I don't do that that often these days. But it's good that you have bands like Krungbin that are releasing full-length albums where you can do that. Like you were saying, put it on, travel with it, with the music kind of thing. Um, uh, everything yeah. that I've heard from this band is, is basically 10 out of 10. They do a very good yeah. job. Yeah. They're very consistent. Yeah, and it's it's surprising. There's not a lot of bands who I can listen to any of part of their discography and just be like, I'm transported, I'm yeah, gone. Yeah, like yeah. I just put on almost any Krong bin, yeah. and it's like, boom, I'm gone. Because mm. they're legit. They're not. I think they're not trying to be artists. They're not trying to make. They're not trying to make hits. They're not trying right. to make a living out of the industry. They're just people that love music. That are, want to uh, make good music That's i think they even said like. Yeah. like when they were making music like we we should have picked a better name yeah you know something that's more relatable or if you're going to be marketed yeah for something that people can't pronounce or spell because <laughs> these guys made a couple tracks and they got hit yeah. yeah and they started playing these big festivals and stuff yeah these guys blew up they're playing um all over the world you know, glastonbury or whatever yeah. it's called um you know what mm-hmm. are all the big festivals yeah. called that i've never been to yeah <laughs> Because I'm 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 purely like a Spotify streaming guy here. Yeah, well that's good as well. Especially in these days with pandemic life. That was something that actually Mark said about Spotify. He said, he said it's a great discovery tool. Mm-hmm. And he said if you're an artist that's trying to make money out of it, like, no, that's that's the wrong outlook. Totally. Like, you should have your music on there because it's a discovery tool. Because if people find you on there, and they love your music then they'll buy it or they'll go to a show or, you know. And that, that's a different like, philosophy. Like I'm trying to make a yeah. track so I can make money for yeah. my personal interest. Exactly. Yeah. He but said, if you're waiting for that streaming money, it's not coming. It's not going to come. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and I don't we, know where it comes from. Yeah. Not from streaming. Um, but, uh, and the other interesting thing as well is like, apparently he's, he's, he uses it a lot for digging as well spotify mm-hmm. for digging like he'll do all this other work outside to find to find artists like old chinese funk bands and stuff like that and the first thing he'll do is he'll, he'll type it into um spotify to see if it's there and yeah. a lot of the times it is and he uses that a lot for you know for his own from inspiration what i've seen he's made a lot of super good playlists from around yeah, the world yeah, yeah. and as what I can see on his uh, Spotify account, he has yeah. very um, music from all around the world that's very organized based on region and location. 
Right. So you can go on there and there's a playlist for, you know, Zimbabwe. There's a playlist for mm. Iran. There's a playlist for Damn. Vietnamese music. And so he, I mean, he made a he made a point to. I didn't know that was available. I, I need to check. I need to get that yeah, link from you. <laughs> which is cool because he's making his influences widely available. Mm-hmm. These these guys aren't trying to hide where they're coming from. They're no. trying to promote where this music has come from. Yeah. And, you know, bring it all together and, yeah. and showcase that. Yeah. Super cool. They're bringing the history into the, the modern vibes. Well, send me that link. Uh, I'm going to... Will do. I'm going to play um, that dub track from that album. Cool. Because I haven't heard any of that stuff. And then, and then I want to check out, see what's on some of Mark's playlists. Let's, let's check it out. Yeah, text it to me. All right, this is With All The World from the, the dub version of Con Todo El Mundo... And Con todo el mundo. Yeah, exactly. On and, roots to grooves. And hasta el cielo. El cielo. <laughs> yeah, well, Thank you. I'm going to hand off the Spanish pronunciations to you from now on. From un poquito de español. There we go. Welcome back to Roots to Grooves. Just got a hot take from uh, Jesse talking about the future there. It's all about the the future, future, man. It's all about the future. I'm cracking open a brew, too, because it's getting good in here. You know what I like about this show already? And I think I already said this. (laughs) But um, because we, you know, we came in here with the intention of kind of not really giving a biography of Krongbin, Mm -hmm. but sort of kind of talking about their career and everything like that. Um, I mean, what we think about their philosophy of music, yeah, the idea of what these people are doing, not just what they're recording in the studio, who yeah. they are as people and why they're doing this, you know, yeah, yeah. and that's what intrigues me about this band. And I wouldn't be talking about them if I didn't think they were doing cool things. Yeah. And, you know, that's what keeps me coming back. Yeah. And like, like I say, it's just gonna, it sort of opens up the world to more conversation in general and, and, mm-hmm. and discovery of music and it's, it's kind of like Krongam is, uh, for this, is the starting point of a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's going to be that way for, for different shows, for different artists, where they're kind of the starting point for us to kind sort of, of a, explore. A, you a know. fulcrum, you could say, of, of you know, worldwide, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I don't know, bringing music together. But th- that's what these guys are all about. And it's, it's yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the word is. It's it's attractive, you know. Yeah. It's like, what are these people doing? Why are they? Where are these influences coming from? It's, yeah. It sounds super new and fresh, you know. I I'm I'm on 107.7 The End, you know. Mm-hmm. They got their five song playlist, the two minute promise. It's cool, but mm-hmm. you know, I do love KEXP, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool. You know, independent yeah. Seattle radio station. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I. I think I've heard Krongbin on KEXP. Mm-hmm. Um, actually they, they just KXP, I was driving around the back roads of Snohomish after I got my coffee one morning and they were playing, uh, the, 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 I think the single off of Krongbin's latest album, which I'm going to try to pull up real quick to get the name. It was like still see you Mm -hmm. or something. Let me see if I can pull it up. Ma'am, I still really want to find Mark Spears Spotify. Yeah, we'll we'll put that up on like Signal Radio yeah. comments. Or is would that be cool? I think people would like that. For sure, yeah. Because Googling is coming up with a lot of different things right now, none of which are particularly helpful. 
Totally. Um, um, what I heard on KEXP in Seattle was uh, So We Won't Forget. Great track. So We Won't Forget, okay. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's a single off of their latest album in 2020, mm-hmm. but So We Won't Forget by Krongbin is uh, an awesome track that they just came out with this last year, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Um, when we decided to make this um, decision to talk about Krongbin, yeah. they hadn't come out with this album. Oh. Um, which was like six months ago or something. Just a few singles, but um, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it's been a long time. The first conversation about this before COVID lockdown. Yeah, I mean, almost a, going on yeah. a year, this this idea yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, transpired. And Krongbin has been our number one choice for, you know, a couple, mm-hmm. you know, months to a year now. Um, we've been wanting to talk about them for a little while. Yeah, I'm glad we, we're doing it now. Yeah, so I was I was surprised they they have a album called Mordecai. Yeah, um, it's super good. Mm-hmm. Classic Krongbin. There's mm-hmm. some classic Krongbin tracks on here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's more of the same, not in the bad way. Very smooth, mm-hmm. very groovy. I think um, this one they changed their style a little bit. You think so? Um, th- just like always, they're they're kind of. Um, built around this beat and even more so in this album they're they're based around a, a nice solid driving upbeat beat of mm-hmm. the drums on you know dj's drums yeah mark spears guitar is a little bit more held back a little bit more like reserved subdued. yeah a reserved. little bit a little more subdued that's a good good word <laughs> good adjective oh i love it <laughs> um but still melodic still mm-hmm. interesting and then the the bass is the still the same when I listen to um, con, con Todo El Mundo, yeah. I think is the name, mm-hmm. um, I remember listening to it and I was very, I'm a bassist, so I was very drawn into the bass. Mm. And I remember listening to it, I was like, is there even guitar? Oh, there mm-hmm. was guitar. Cool. But I was, I was very drawn into the bass and it's, it's a very prominent piece of the music and it's not in the background. Laura Lee yeah. makes a, a, a point talking about when she's talking about her bass and stuff, yeah. how she wants to be more up in the... Uh, treble tones of the yeah. mix well she's more melodic and and like i think it's a very melodic piece of the music it's not just the bass piece it's, yeah. it's part of the melody which is cool and that was something i think mark was saying as well like he never wants to play the root note because she's playing the root note yeah and so he likes to play around that i don't really know much about scales and nor do i but, like I, but I, yeah. he'll be playing yeah. like the third of yeah. the root or the fifth of yeah. the root yeah aiming not to play the root which is what laura lee's playing a lot of the time the root yeah. note of yeah, the yeah. chord yeah um in order to imply a bigger chord yeah like she's playing like dum, but he's playing like dum. like yeah, uh, yeah, i don't yeah. even maybe that was the same tone i don't even know because i'm not you know <laughs> you're I'm, tone deaf I'm, maybe i'm tone deaf <laughs> um no, but not the, even lying but but he plays he tries to play things that are different from what she's playing to imply a bigger chord yeah making their music sound much more bigger much Fuller, even though they're just a three piece, yeah, which is amazing, and I love how they're just a three piece. Yeah, well, so like this is an interesting uh, thing to talk about because, yeah, because well, one thing he said, you know, and, and I think it's evident from listening to the music that he because they don't really have a vocalist per se, he's making his guitar lines more melodic, so they kind of right. sing over the the root. Of the bass, he's and kind drums, of the, the, the grooves, quote unquote singer. I got air quotes right now. Singer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And mm. and then so, but then the other thing is like about the singing. They were asked about 
about that because they do have some vocals on some of their tracks. Mm-hmm. And uh, one interviewer asked, like, you know, well, where does that come from? Who makes who's making the decision to want to add that kind right. of thing? And they said, uh, Laura said, the way it sort of comes about is, you know, after they finish recording, they they basically sit and they play the track on loop. You know, mm-hmm. they're recording, and they sit and they think about what they need to add or, or what's missing. The or, vocals are never the first part of the no, music. It's, it's always like, a, yeah. It's always secondary it's an, to what they create musically yeah. on their three instruments. It's definitely an afterthought, and you know, so not all of their tracks have any vocal parts but some of them do and the ones that do they said you know well you know they'll start with like a melody it's like something they hear melodic over it that should be added and they'll and they want to do that you know by vocals right um so they're not like writing words and trying to make it fit they actually said that um they do the melody first and then they try to find words that fit the melody which is great (laughs) Yeah, so oh, they're not trying like to write the, about anything specifically. They're just trying to. They're not making a song about an idea they have. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're making. They're trying to fit an idea into the music that yeah. is the original idea. Yeah. Like this is the energy. What is this? What is this music saying? Exactly. What are these chords yeah. doing? Yeah. How can we supplement that with vocals and lyrics? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not a complete afterthought. It's not like they're just adding it because they. Because they think we should add it. Only it sounds like only if only they if feel like they need it. Yeah. If it fits, if it enhances the track, the mood, if it the enhances, vibe. That, that's a huge way to say yeah. yeah. If it enhances the track, and yeah. they're they're very careful to not do that. If it doesn't enhance the exactly. track, and because then, yeah, that's like, what I love about Krongbin. They're not afraid to be a three piece band yeah. playing three instruments and record the whole album like that in a barn, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing they said as well is like they don't want to. Um, you know, they want to make their recordings so they could be still be played live with three people. So yeah. if you do listen to their tracks, you know, there are, you can hear percussion, uh, you know, there, in, in there and there, but it's like, it's, but it's supplemental to the recordings and you don't miss it when it's not there. Exactly. Live. That's the best yeah. way to say it. You're not going to yeah. miss it. If you see them yeah. live, Yeah, they have all the Krongbin energy. Yeah. If you see them live, you're going to get Krongbin. Yeah. And it's like, that's what you hear on the album. Yeah. There's a, they, they do throw some tasteful, and I'm, I'm interested to find out who does that, like the tasteful synths oh. on their album or like who's doing I this production because it, it is nice. I think it's all them, you know. I think uh, DJ is definitely still a good Which, keyboard player, so yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know for sure. I, but No, I don't <laughs> doubt it. I'm, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah. But I, I like how they do implement the tasteful stuff. I'm a, I'm a sucker for some nice little t- mm-hmm. tasteful synths mm-hmm. and uh, a little percussion on the side or something like that. Yeah. But it's incredible to me if you can get up on a stage and blow a crowd away with three people, yeah. a guitar, especially now in today's scene where people are playing with laptops and hit yeah. and play and like, hey, do this beat. Yeah. You know, I have five people singing a song over here. <laughs> there's a bass player. There's a drummer. There's two drummers. There's yeah. three, three guitars. These guys get up. Mark Spear on guitar, Laura Lee on bass, DJ on drums, yeah. and they blow the crowd away. Yeah. Watch these shows on youtube yeah that are very easy to find yeah and they're fantastic they blew me away i wouldn't be talking about these guys if i didn't care about them yeah like this guy's a great guitarist laura lee's a great bassist even though she says she's so new and dj also obviously has the experience Mm -hmm. of a seasoned drummer Mm -hmm. these guys bring it it's funny though he came into it like with that same sort of uh uh, self-consciousness that Laura Lee has now as well, though, because mm-hmm. I've heard him say that about 
um, like when he when they first formed Krungbin and they were going to do it, he said he was rusty as hell. Because <laughs> even though drums was his first instrument, he hadn't played for years. Right, because he was doing it, it, organ at the church, yeah, for example. other instruments and stuff. And so, like, uh, yeah, he said, like, it was fun. It, it, it was funny because he, he, was, he was rusty when they recorded the first album and, like, certain tracks. And then he said, like, you know, because what they do is when they record it, they just record it. Like, they do do it live without any over dubs there's no click they track. track everything out they, they kind of build it, it multi-tracking and, yeah. and uh what was the daw they used um well they use ableton for writing ableton. but i don't i think they don't use that for the live out for the album no i think i think they compose things and they they move it around they're like what's yeah. the beat how do we want it to sound yeah once they but, get that then they learn the composition live yeah so and, yeah so the and, album take is like live and they said it's right they said you're hearing the second or third take right like, yeah it, totally you know, which is great but so one of the things he said was like because they don't once they record it they don't um they have to re rehearse it to figure out how they're going to play it live right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and figure out how they're going to do the vocals that they have added you know live and he said uh it was interesting because he was like trying to learn drum parts from recordings where he he said he was rusty <laughs> so he was trying to learn his rustiness to like replay the tracks kind of thing oh right like he's like oh yeah. like i'm i'm ready now like i can do this i'm i'm yeah. like super hot yeah. but like when i recorded that i was, was a little a bit, bit stilted like, or whatever or so i got i got to yeah. learn how to be off the beat a little bit more yeah i mean then, we of course we don't hear that it just sounds great to us but as him as a musician he's very you know as all musicians or any creative people are all right self-critical right kind of thing about about what we're doing very and stuff specific like that. about oh <laughs> that one hi-hat yeah let's redo that exactly, one exactly yeah but he said like you know obviously now because he they tour across the world and he plays like all the time the rustiness is gone kind of thing um so he's back but, as a drummer he's back baby. Yeah. yeah he's back baby yes <laughs> dj 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 johnson <laughs> good stuff yeah. good breakbeat on that guy like yeah, man. incredibly consistent like listen to it solid and not in a bad way but you almost forget that he's there he's just driving this beat so hard he mm -hmm. gets so deep into this pocket yeah you're just like you're gone so great fucking segue because i'm going to play this track now from don blackman because dj mentioned this album is a really great like soul album uh don blackman's self-titled album um uh where uh, this guy's a pianist and a, a songwriter um but he he cited the uh the drummer that plays on this and i'm gonna play this a track called yabba dabba do sounds fun it's you don't you're not gonna hear the drums so much to start with but there's like a point in the middle where it gets a little bit crazy okay i'm down and you can like if you listen to the drums in this you'll be like okay i can see why dj likes this so I'm excited. Let's freaking spin it. Yabba dabba, play it. Oh no. How about I get play the, the, the correct track? How about I do that? Well, that's cool too. <laughs> Yabba Dabba Do by Don Blackman from his self-titled album, Don Blackman. <laughs> that was dope. I've never heard that. That's great. Yeah, and that dr crazy drumming part in there. The yeah, the, like kind of shuffle. Like yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can tell why DJ likes that drummer. And the drummer's name, I found his name, Dennis Chambers. 
Dennis Chambers, nice. What's the name of the guy on that? Check that guy out. That's Check awesome. Check that guy out. So yeah, unfortunately, we have seven minutes left on the camera. So we're gonna have to wrap up. It's not, I could talk about Krongbin all night, but let's start let's wrap it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mark Spear, beautiful guitarist, doing melody. He's he's bringing influences from from Thai stuff, from Middle Eastern stuff, from worldwide yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Trying to bring it in, playing as he described, you know, angular guitar, mm -hmm. super cool, super mm -hmm. melodic, mm -hmm. sometimes simple sounding, always great tone, interesting tone. Yeah. Bringing all kinds of worldwide equipment here. Yeah. We got Laura Lee yeah. bringing in super cool dub bass, dub bass interesting, simplistic, yet complex melody mm -hmm. on bass. And, and it's weird to say that that kind of dynamic, simple, but complicated. I think mm -hmm. you guys know what I'm talking about because yeah. you guys like music if you're listening to this show. Yeah. And then we've got DJ Johnson on these like these sick breakbeats, just kind of yeah. so deep in the pocket that it hurts. Mm -hmm. And I love it and you can't stop listening to it and it's just driving Krongbin. Yeah. These Absolutely. guys are rad. Yeah. That's all I got to say about them. <laughs> I'm like right it, there with you, man. It's smooth. It's groovy. We could talk more about this. I don't... Oh, shit, I, I really I'm want trying to. to. I'm tr <laughs> but we have to go. But I, look, we need to play one more Krongbin song before we leave. Yeah, yeah, we, we'll play we'll, we'll play one to go out. Yeah, what? which one do you think we should play? All right, let me bring it up. My, my favorite... Let me bring up my favorite, can yeah, we? Yeah, your favorite. Let's play your favorite. If we, if we can just pause for one second, yeah, I'll pull up my fave, yeah, because I gotta pull up their discography. Um, I can fill the airtime by saying that um, if you're listening or watching this, um, you should follow Signal. <laughs> hey, Signal's dope. That's all I listen to, <laughs> apart from KXP, which you said earlier. My mistake. Um, oh, August tenth. Oh yeah, August tenth. That's the song. If we're still recording. Mm -hmm. And we can play August 10th for this show. That's probably my number one Krongbin song. It's like probably one of my favorite bass lines that I've ever heard. Yeah. And um, like it just drives me wild every time I put that song on. We have uh, Spotify issues. It's not doing what I want it to do. No, you know, that's how it goes. Technical difficulties is a, is a, is a trial and error of life. Hazard. As long as we can get job. some streaming Krongbin, yeah, we can do it. Exactly. I mean, if you got, if got, does everybody have Spotify? Spotify, I say, is my most, is my favorite bill to pay. I say, <laughs> your favorite bill to pay. It's my favorite. I'm like happy to pay that eleven ninety nine or whatever it is because, I mean, it, it that's what allows me to connect with these bands like Krongbin, mm -hmm. to connect with these bands that I hear on Signal. Like that's the that's the kind of glue. That's the kind of adhesive that I have to the city, to the people of the city. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Cool. Listen to this. Fall into that bass line. Fall into it. And just take, take it away. Get taken away. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Jay. Thank you for, for founding Signal Radio. Roots to Grooves, episode one. This is episode one. And this is great. And I'm just going to keep doing them until you tell us to stop doing them. Please tell us. <laughs> tell us. Hey, write in if you have any uh, suggestions or ideas, or if you listen to Krongbin and you have some thoughts, write into Signal Radio. It'd be awesome to hear from everybody. Exactly. All right, August 10th, Krongbin. 
we I want to thank Krungbin for everything they do and everything they've done and their great music. I love it. Keep it going. Yeah. Keep it going. All right. And you guys in Seattle, keep it going. Keep it going. Peace out, everyone. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. <laughs>